0: We're back for season 2.
1: Yes, it's bigger. It's better. It's I'll
0: oh, just get on with it.
1: Bad Scripts.
0: Welcome back. <laughs> Bad Scripts has returned for season 2. And we're right back with The Last Resort. And joining me, the man you've missed, you know I've missed him. Please give it up for the one and only Mr.
1: Mike Garlia. Hello, Steve. It's so nice to hear you that you've missed me, considering you spent so much time with me as well. Um, right through uh, the writing of this uh, particular series. Because now we're not in specials anymore. We are literally in a new series. Exactly. And... This one's a bit different
0: because we've written it recently, not like it was when we we did the original and it was 18 years old. We didn't know what was coming. There is nowhere to hide. The script in front of us now is the one that we've written this year. So,
1: Uh, and I would say, like, do you know what? It's like the, the Christmas episodes, it's the specials that we did, the Halloween episodes, all that new writing that got us warmed up. It's matured like a fine wine, it's matured like a cheese. I think, uh, and we've had to, just as we covered in our special, we had to uh, we've had to embrace the fact that we are a little bit older and a little bit wiser and a little bit more PC. So I think embracing that while still keeping the flavor of the character alive. But you know what, Steve, as we've discussed and without giving any spoils away, we've kind of had to move the characters in a few different directions, haven't we? And we've had to move the story along, otherwise it becomes very samey.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we, we talked about this in the in the catch up special, you know, how important it was for us to to move the story forward and have new characters and new new storylines developing. So um, without further ado, what do you say we get in there and find out what's happening now in a brand new season at Last Resort? Exterior. Football pitch, early evening. Adam, Dan and Robin are stood in the middle of the artificial pitch. Dan places down a boombox, steps back and starts practising a box step. Robin looks distant as Adam starts going through CDs, looking and discarding one after another.
1: I mean, have they lost their bloody minds?
0: It's amazing what sucking the boss off will do for your career. Hasn't done much for you so far. Well, maybe I'm doing it wrong then. They both laugh. Work for Pete. I saw him on telly again the other day. He was dead good with that sock puppet.
1: Can't believe Pete made it before us. Maybe he can get us on. You know, join us uh, for a little reunion, the boy band. Don't look at me.
0: I'm not asking him. Are you not talking? I haven't heard from him in months. Never mind. Good luck to him. Fair enough. Can we get back to the matter at hand? I thought we chose the next number. No, I'm talking about our new supervisor, the whore from Dalmore. Now, now, Adam. Pot kettle. We know what you've been up to. She might be a royal bitch, but there's no need to
1: call her a whore. Well, you know what I mean. She gets Sam fired after causing the fight and comes back promoted. What the fuck is that all about? Maybe she
0: deserves it. There's not enough money in the world for me to get it on with Wayne.
1: Whose side are you on, Robin? I'm on no
0: one's side, Adam. And frankly, if you're going to keep yelling, you can stick this rehearsal up your... Lads, lads, come on. We're all mates here. Are we? Supposedly.
1: Fine, then.
0: Lads, lads, lads. Think about this, right? Kelly's back as our boss. They made that decision. We've got to live with it now. we just got to get on with it. Adam nods his head and faintly smiles at Robin. So we're getting on with this routine, then. I thought of this move that we could put in. Dan starts showing them the move. It's just like this, dead easy. Dan keeps repeating, trying to get a reaction from Adam and Robin, staring at them and start staring at them and starting to breathe heavier and heavier. He doesn't stop. Adam and Robin burst into laughter. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Don't you like it? <laughs> 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 it's a fucking box step, Dan.
1: Oh, is that what you call it? <sighs> Jesus. Yeah, mate. Uh, we do about 20 of them in our resistant routine. Bit weird you haven't noticed. You can stop doing it now, though. Dan stops, breathing heavily.
0: <sighs> I don't know the technical terms, do I? Uh, when we're dancing, I, I just get in the zone. Be like the good-looking one,
1: that. Adam
0: picks up a CD and hands it to Robin.
1: Um, What about something from this one? Uh, Could be some hidden gems in that. You know, Peter Andre's album.
0: Mysterious girl. Absolutely not. No way. Not ever. Peter Andre, Adam. Seriously. Just an idea. We've got to put a 20-minute set together. We've currently only got 12. Robin throws the CD down on the ground. What else have you got? Uh Venger Boys? No. No.
1: Aqua? Next? Steps? Can't. They already do that in the Variety Show. And anyway, that's an ensemble.
0: Ooh! <laughs>
1: Ensemble.
0: la da Okay, Radiohead. <laughs> Radiohead. Jesus, Dan. How about Savage Bloody Garden as well? Great band, by the way, but doesn't exactly scream up-and-coming boy band, does it?
1: All right. What do you suggest, Robin? Uh, better CDs, for a start. Who bought these? I just grabbed what we had in the chalet.
0: Well, none of these are mine. Uh, the the erasure one is.
1: Can we just leave it today? Come back after we've had a thing. We don't have time, mate. They need our playlist in a few days' time. I'm just getting concerned about how much time this will take. What do you mean? We need to put in the time to rehearse. How many times do we need to say the word time? Time, time,
0: time. Well, I need to spend some time on my audition piece as well, so I don't think I can give you a lot of this. What audition? I've heard there's going to be some open audition to join the cast they're putting together. I want to go for it.
1: Oh, sounds knackering, mate. Okay. Well, you'll need to put in the time for this as well. Mark promised us a shot. We can't ruin it. I'll do my best. But I have to go for cast.
0: It's all I've ever wanted. Yeah, well, it's starting to sound like you don't want to carry on with this too. Robin says nothing, and looks at the ground. Adam stares intently. Suddenly, the song "Sweat" a la 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 long by Inner Circle blasts out of the boombox. Come on, boys, let's
1: get warmed up. What was that song? What What was that song, there, Steve? I don't think I recognise that. A la, Sweat. la la la
0: long, a la la la, la long, 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 long.
1: Humble. No, no, not not ringing the bell.
0: Not really. I want to make you sweat. Sweat till you can't sweat no more.
1: Why why he, why does he want to make her sweat? What's he doing? I, I don't
0: I don't know. Maybe he's got to clean in the toilet or something. Like really What
1: i I mean, if she can't sweat no more, she's probably dehydrated. I mean, she probably needs to get her a glass of water or something. She definitely needs fluids, that's for certain
0: anyway <laughs> anyway
1: so listen i've got to say well done because not only did you play two characters in one scene and narrate that scene you also interrupted yourself mid script <laughs> which i thought was incredible and massively seamless that for me is an oscar worthy performance for <laughs> <us>. <laughs> one one tries darling one tries <laughs> so how do you do that i mean give me give me some hints and tips on how do you interrupt yourself playing two characters
0: you memorize the line you're reading and read the next line at the same time. So you know. With a different it. accent as well. With yeah, a different exactly. accent. Exactly. Exactly. It takes many hours of, um, it takes a lot of hard work and, and much of a misspent youth to be able to do it. So.
1: Wow. And, and I did notice your eyes went only slightly cross-eyed when you did that. Just a little bit, just the left one. The other one stayed straight. It's fine. <laughs> anyway. Moving so
0: let's let's just decompress that a little bit anyway. I think because we've we've come in, we've joined it, and it's a bit of a it's a bit of a soft start. We kind of go in and the guys are rehearsing on a, a court, there's no great big introduction. It's not like you know the beginning of season one where we had the, the big video and everything kicking off. This was more of a, a settling back into to resort and, and things, and I think we're gonna get a bit more. A bit more into the story soon but it's just that familiarizing yourself wouldn't you agree
1: yeah we just kind of thud thud into it don't we because if you think about the other the earlier scripts especially the the halloween and christmas ones there's that big introduction there's the big lead in all the description about what's going on the camera swooping movements and aerial shots this one is the three boys on a football pitch with a boombox, um, trying to rehearse for their new series, uh, for their new season um, with um, with their boy band. And, well, it kind of seems to me that Robin's not not really into it anymore from, from what we're seeing there.
0: Yeah, and I think it's probably that sense of, you know, when you've not been performing for a while and it's all rehearsals, it can get so tiring and you just can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, especially when it's off your own steam. So... But let's see how it goes. It could just be that, you know, it's the early season blues. They've all got a lot on their minds. It, you know, these cast members, these um, guys now, it's their second season. So they're going to be the slightly more experienced camp coats. And we've got a whole raft of new people in there as well. So it should be, uh, should be really interesting.
1: Well, I'm interested. I'm interested because I know that we've, um, and for the audience listening to this one, it's really important we, we set this out right now. So um, we've only written a few scenes right now, enough to to record a particular episode, then we'll write the next one, and, then, and we're going to go as we go. So we're still keeping that flavour of, we don't quite know what's going to happen next. Um, we don't really know where it's going to be going. And again, you know, th- there could be some, some listener input into this in terms of directing us. So I'm interested to see what, you know, what really how we can evolve the, these characters even further, because we know them, we know that Adam's got anger issues and he's got, you know, he's got, he you know, he's had problems in the, in the love department. We know that Robin and Pete have now split up and Pete's on TV. And we know that Dan um, and Donna are together and they help save the day. So I'm really interested to see what, what goes on. And also the impact that Kelly's going to have on these characters and on the dynamic, having a bit of power and a bit of control over this. So I think... I think there's a lot to get into there, isn't there? There
0: is. I mean, the whole Pete thing, um, you know, Pete Pete left at the end of last season and we thought him and Robin were, were you know, were in a good place. But um, I'm sure we'll find out later on exactly what's what's happened there. But it seems like Pete's, you know, he's made something of himself already and it's only been a few months since he left. So it uh, should be interesting to see how that pans out and how, how Robin reacts to uh, his very recent ex being being a star.
1: And that that does harp back to 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 the truth as well. And, and that's happened for a reason. It's always worth doing this. I know we share little anecdotes and real life stories and stuff. And this this, you know, what you find is when you go about season after season, a little bit of comfort and conformity sets in. You tend to hold the brakes on that hunger for auditions and hunger to move ahead. And, and to get out there because you get used to a little bit of money and you, the lifestyle, and the community that's around you, and that was very, very true. And then when someone breaks off and does well for themselves, which happened, you know, to us yeah. in our in our generation, people did make it on TV and stuff. Those who won't rename nameless, that really did happen. And you do see bitterness creeping through with it with particular people who think I'm, I feel I'm more talented than that person, but that person decided not to come back. And has now gone on to do amazing things, uh, or gone on to to enter celebrityism. Is that a word celebrityism? He it but is, it is it, now. You could have you could
0: have that conversation about like comfort zones and people operating in them and stuff. And but that's for a complete, completely different podcast. But um, you do you find yourself in that comfort zone working, and you're you're technically you're you're pleasing yourself because you're pe- you're performing, <laughs>
1: but you're you know.
0: somewhere you know, you know that you want to be is on that stage and doing the things you want to do, you still get that buzz from doing it, but it's somewhere you feel comfortable and you're not having to, like you say, you don't have to go to auditions all the time and trying to get jobs and or writing scripts, you know? So it, it is easy to settle into that and, and very much become accustomed to the lifestyle. And like you say, there's a real shock element, like it leaves and does something else and it, yeah, throws you out, so.
1: Well, someone asked me recently, yeah, there's plenty more to go. I'll I'll say one last thing. Someone asked me recently, really about that time, and said, "Well, you know, how how should you look at it when you're a, a performer, or you know, or a particular entertainer at one of these or one of these places?" And you know what I said? And I do mean this, especially for the listeners. If anyone has, you know, anyone that they know that's looking to do this, it's coming to that point where they're going to open up the auditions and stuff. Think about it like a performing arts school that, that is on the ground. It is. Um, kind of on-the-job training from a performing point of view and you're getting paid to do it. And the the biggest advice I would ever give to anyone is recognise when you've got as much from it as you can possibly get and then move on. Because it, it is the launch pad for, for a lot of people um, to go into that and, or decide not to go into it, you know, but don't get relaxed and don't, you know, take your rye off the ball. It, you can go
0: to drama school and that's the route a lot of people take the difference here is you get a different kind of education and that's dealing with audiences and dealing with the public and presenting and being able to stand up in front of an audience. So even if your aspirations in your career aren't to be a performer, the, the ability to be able to stand in front of a room and talk to an audience of people is something that a lot of people have to do these days um, for regular jobs and, and to have that, that grounding in it and understand about standing still, about being clear, about not being afraid to take a moment and take a deep breath is all stuff that, I don't know about you, but I found really, really useful since we were, were, were educated in it back in the day.
1: I couldn't agree anymore.
0: Interior, green room, morning. Donna is sat in the green room enjoying a cup of tea and leafing through a magazine. She is alone as Kelly enters. They stare at each other for a few moments before Kelly walks to the coffee machine and begins selecting her drink. Hi. All right. How's it going? Kelly doesn't acknowledge this. and carries on making a coffee. There's an awkward silence. Did you have a good winter break? What? I mean, did you do anything nice?
1: Aye, attempt for a bit. Aye, attempt for a bit of semi chem, and then parted hard in Tenerife. Why? Oh, just just making conversation. Why?
0: I, I I don't know, but being polite. Why? Donna looks down at her magazine and stares. Trying not to make eye contact. Her eyes keep darting at Kelly as she finishes making a coffee. Kelly picks up a cup and to Donna's horror sits down. Kelly sips a drink loudly. I don't know if we needed that. <laughs> <sighs> too much? Too
1: much too much? A little bit, yeah. Bring it in. Do I need to rein it in a little bit? Do I need to do that again, or do you want to edit that? We'll oh, get rid of that, don't worry. It's fine. It's OK, it's fine. <laughs> okay back, back to the scene. And line. Kelly sips hey. her drink loudly. No, I would do that
0: again. What are you reading? Oh, um, just a magazine that was left in here. I think it's quite an old one. Can I ask you a question? Donna looks up and smiles, nodding her head. What do you think of my dress? Oh, oh yeah, it's really nice.
1: Suits you well. Aye, does it aye. It's a and g Very nice. That's uh, Dolce & Gabbana. Oh, oh, I know. Do you? Oh, that's right. I forgot you're a proper little princess. Daddy's girl, right? Kelly,
0: you don't have to be like this.
1: Be like what? Speak the truth. Anyway, I wouldn't worry about it. They don't make it in your size. And uh, and what size is that?
0: Uneven. As Donna begins to speak, two of the Newver camp coats walk past, catching Kelly's eye. Oi, you two. They appear at the door, looking into the green room. You haven't been through quality control, have you? They both laugh at this, thinking it's a joke. Kelly jumps to her feet, almost spilling her coffee. Do I look like I'm laughing? Getting here new? They both walk in and almost stand on parade. Kelly circles them both, a hungry look on her face, eyeing them up and down as she keeps glancing at Donna. Donna stares on, bemused. What the fuck is this? Both campcoats look at each other, then down at themselves, trying to see what the problem
1: is. Standards. Your tram lines are uneven. Your shirt isn't starched. It looks like shite. When did you last polish your shoes? And what did you tell you about jewellery? One necklace, one ring, one set of plain studs. Take all that other shite off. What do you think you are, John McCrillick?
0: Both camp coats look crestfallen and stand there for a second.
1: Well, what are you both still stood there for? Get it sorted, and if I see this again, I'll write you up.
0: Both of them quickly turn and leave. Kelly walks back to the chair and sits down.
1: See that, Donna?
0: That's called being honest when you see shite. You know what that
1: means? Look, Kelly, can we just... No. You thought you were all high and mighty last season, right? Like butter wouldn't melt. I thought we were friends. But you showed your true colours, didn't you? It wasn't like that. No matter, new
0: season, new approach. I think I just said it well then.
1: No, no, no approach. Today,
0: yeah. <laughs> just Try again, no one will ever know.
1: No matter, new season, new approach. Bygones be bygones.
0: Kelly gets up and walks to the door. As she's about to
1: leave, she speaks without even turning. Don't make the mistake that I'll go easy on you. Get ready, princess. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Kelly, chuckling, continues walking.
0: Donna looks pale and worried. Interior, Alan's office, day. We see a half-furnished office of considerable size. Inside, there is a large oak desk with a number of chairs lined up. There's a lot of space in the area with a patch of carpet placed in the middle, on which the desk is placed. Facing the desk is a top-of-the-range high-tech projector and an 80-inch white screen. A large camera faces them, with cables connecting to the desk, on which sits a microphone. The large back chair swivels to reveal Alan, pen in hand, staring at the screen. How are we doing? From behind the screen, Eddie lifts his head, screwdriver in his mouth and wires draped around him. Getting there? The meeting starts in a few minutes. Yeah, I just need to dial you in. Eddie steps to the large PC and clicks a few buttons. We hear the telltale sounds of a modem screeching and clicking, followed by the welcome to AOL greeting tone. On the screen, a pixelated image of Glenn appears, along with some suited individuals, sat either side of him. Alan, where are we with the chalet refit? Alan calmly opens his nicely embossed folder
1: and flips to the correct page. 77 complete as of yesterday. 35 more gold done by the end of the week. The team around Glenn
0: start making notes. Update on entertainment. Alan scrambles around his folder to find an answer. At that point, there is a knock on the door. Mark and Judy enter, dressed in business attire. They observe the room and see Glenn on screen and stand motionless at the entry.
1: Ah, uh, here. Um, uh, yeah, here are the entertainment team right now. Have a seat, guys. Alan motions them to come over
0: and take a seat. Glenn, may I introduce you to Mark, our entertainment director, and you? No time for niceties. Headlines on the like I asked. Alan turns and looks at Mark, raising his eyebrows. Mark puts down a big folder, opens it up, clears his throat and begins to talk.
1: Yes. um, Well, let me take you back to some of our heritage and history as we've set the programme to cut the lovey-dovey backstory bullshit and just
0: give me the plan. Mark freezes and stares at the screen. There is silence in the room. Uh, are you there? Uh, yes, Glenn. Well, get on with it, then. Well, um, we're, we're
1: going with the jubilee approach, you see. Alan? The Camp Code holiday story, celebrating 50 years, each month throughout summer, focuses on a different decade, from the 40s onwards. It's, um... It's, it's designed to generate repeat visitors.
0: Jesus, age fucking Christ. Is this what the best you can come up with?
1: It's shit.
0: Stunned, an awkward silence in the room. Ellen, you told me these were the best. If these guys aren't up to the job, find me a new team. Well, what do you want? I want to be wowed. Something like market. I've given you a budget. That will blow your fucking socks off. And you pitch this? Think big, deliver bigger, or get out of my resort. The door is thrown open, and in walks a larger than life, brightly dressed with an Aran cardigan, white shorts, flamboyant long scarf, loud glasses, and a white feathered hat. Big! You want big, darling? Look no farther. You now have the biggest name in entertainment. Glenn stares intently down the screen, annoyed for the interruption. He slowly realises who he is looking at, and a smile spreads across his face. Bunny, you sexy queen, how the fuck are you? How do you think I am? Slumming it with the commoners. But anything for you, lover. Alan, Mark and Judy stare in disbelief trying to process what's going on. Bernie sits down, crossing his legs and putting on a serious face and pulling his glasses to the end of his nose. Uh, So where are we? Bernie surveys the room,
1: seeking an answer. We were just discussing the entertainment's plan.
0: Great! Uh, uh, What have we got? They've got fucking nothing. Well, fear not, Because I am full to the brim with ideas. Little Bernie has the whole thing right down here in his book. I wrote it down on the train. Great. Uh, Give me the short version. Bernie stands up dramatically. Three words is all you need. But I'm going to give you six. West End. Big Stars. Giant sets. Musical theatre. Well, that's seven words, actually. Bernie sweeps her down, standing almost behind Judy. I know. You always get extra with me, darling. Bernie places his hands on her shoulders. Judy tries not to react, but looks livid. My only recommendation is go bigger, Bernie. I'll tell you like I told George Michael. I can go as big as you like. Well, hello, and what have you got in mind? Uh, Put it this way, um, have you heard of the X-Men? Well, I directed the X-Men musical, and it was even bigger than the comics. On screen, one of the assistants leans over and whispers into Glenn's ear, who reacts quickly. Great, make it happen. Glenn stands up. As the projection screen goes blank, there is an awkward silence in the room. Bernie, still holding onto Judy's shoulders.
1: Bernie, this is Mark and Judy I was telling you about. You'll be working with them on the entertainments programme. Hi, darlings. I always like to make a dramatic entrance. You never told me how
0: handsome he was, Alan. Hello, Judy. Um, always good to have a nice young man working under me. Judy squirms from under Bernie's hands and stands up. We hear a rustling from under the table and a voice. "Um, is it safe to come out now?"
1: Bloody hell, Andy! We've got all about you. <laughs> I'm glad.
0: Ooh,
1: wait! Did Bernie just refer to Judy as a as a um a nice young man? No. I, I think it's just the way it's been written. Hello, Judy. Yeah. Always good to have a nice young man working
0: under he, me. <laughs> he's dismissing her, isn't he? He's, he's being dismissive of her. He's saying, he never told me he was handsome. This is Judy. Hello, Judy. Um. Oh, he never told me I had a nice young man working under mm-hmm. me. So it's kind of like that. I think it's an intentional thing where he's trying to belittle Judy as much as he can because he probably sees her as the biggest threat in the room to his thing, so... I suppose we should really introduce him, isn't he? That's Bernie. Bernie, the creative director who we we had mention of in our New Year special. But he's here now, larger than life and ready to go.
1: Yes, he, he most certainly is. I think he clearly likes to make an entrance um you know and it's it's weird isn't it when you're writing and you know you're putting it down on paper and then you're hearing it playing out and then you're like oh okay because it's an interesting take on it when like Judy and Mark never even got to really pitch Glenn is quite aggressive in his approach which I think we've we've gone for Because now, I mean, they're playing with the corporate big boys now, aren't they? And and they're playing with a different sensibility on a different continent with a different way of working. Glenn just wants to cut through the crap. And he's clearly got history with Bernie as well. But we don't know what that is. As
0: far as um, we're concerned, this guy is very... He's kind of typical of some of the old school choreographer slash um creative directors that we've seen in entertainment not so much these days but that used to be around though very much of a time um and and you know we, we've been in shows that they produce so there is a sense of reality around some of his behavior um
1: so let's uh, let's paint a picture for for Bernie then. What do you think he looks like? Because that's something we haven't discussed. We create this character, but we don't quite like how how is he in your mind, Steve? When you're well, when you're projecting and playing, him? what is <laughs> it you're thinking about?
0: Well, if we go back a few lines, you'll see he he gets quite a, a, an extensive description of his appearance when he when he walks in the room.
1: Was I not listening to that bit? Maybe not. Well, I don't think he, what, what does he get. Um, Keep going.
0: And walks a larger than life, brightly dressed with an Aaron cardigan, white shorts, flamboyant long scarf, loud glasses, and a white feathered hat.
1: Oh sorry, no I don't mean that. Sorry, I meant um what do you think he looks like, not what he's dressed like.
0: Oh right, okay. Well I think I think his his clothing very much represents his flamboyance and his how loud he is and he's very camp and uh, larger than life. I think he's quite a short man. Um, I'd say he he used to be super fit, but now he's a now he's a little bit older. He's got a little bit of a paunch and and what have you. So he's he's um he's just you know, let's say he's probably what would how old would you put him?
1: I see. I do see someone actually when I think about Bernie, and um, you know whether whether you would agree with me, but. You know, I, I see Biggins. Mm. I see Christopher Biggins in my mind. Um, yeah. Kind of like, you know, kind of not obviously Biggins now, but Biggins kind of 10, 15 years ago. And for those that don't know, Christopher Biggins, British actor, was in the Rocky Hero Picture Show and he's done a lot of kind of British stage, theatre and film. Yeah. Um, that's who I see because he just he just jumps off the pages, Biggins. So whoever's to cast this, I, I would definitely be going after him. Yeah, I think that's a good a good shout. He I think he could definitely pull this off. So I think he could definitely pull Bernie off too. Yeah, I think he probably would. Um, <laughs> um
0: so there's quite a lot to digest across this what's happened so far. So we've had um the guys back together talking about rehearsals and there's a little bit of discord there. We've had the first meeting between uh, Kelly and Donna. After what happened with you know, let's not forget that Sam was close friends with Donna, and uh, it resulted in, in the fracas that resulted in Sam being sacked and uh, Kelly being promoted. Um, and then we've got you know the ends team essentially being shouted down by the new guy. So there's a lot
1: going on in just the first there, few there, scenes. There, there is definitely a lot going on, and. I think that's right for Kelly's character. I think Kelly would, you know, let's not forget Kelly's, she's got to find a way too, and she's got to figure out what being a supervisor really means. I do think she would want control and she would definitely want everyone to know that she's the, that she's in charge of them. And I don't know about you and, and hearing it playing out and even saying the lines of stuff. I thought, we handled the scene between Donna and Kelly really well in terms of, I think that's exactly what Kelly would have said to Donna in real life. I think she would be that kind of passive aggressive and then just calls it out because she wants to, and she sees Donna as betraying her more because they were friends with what happened in life. So like, and what, I don't think Donna's like betrayed Kelly. I think Donna's just sided with Dan and, and fell into that group of people and Kelly feels ostracized. I don't know if you'd agree with that.
0: Well, yeah, I think it's one of those difficult situations, isn't it? When you, when you make these friendship groups and then something happens and it's almost like you're automatically given a side. But, I mean, the way that Kelly taunted and, and, and behaved was enough to make Donna, who doesn't like the drama, side with Sam because she got close with Sam. She got friendly with Sam and Sam wasn't an offensive person. She wasn't aggressive. I think that's what Donna lent towards, Um, and like you say, Kelly saw that as a betrayal. And if you once you've once you've um, crossed Donna, there is uh, sorry, once you've crossed Kelly, I don't think there's any coming back.
1: There, there, and there's a lot of Kelly to cross um, with the plethora of Scottish regional accents um, that comes into every single word that I that I try and yeah. use that. And yeah, like I said before, I just want to capture the spirit of Scotland in one mm. person. I'm not sure, I'm not quite, not quite sure where we were going with the whole dress thing and why not. Maybe it's a goading thing. I don't know whether she's goading, I, you know, Donna. Yeah, or,
0: I think she's trying to play on her insecurities or, you know, she's she's making insinuations about her body shape. Um, I think at first she's trying to show off that she's on more money now because she's a supervisor. And she can afford the Dolce & Gabbana dress. Um, but then that doesn't really play out because if you remember in the um, Christmas specials, we learned that Donna's from quite a well-to-do family, you know, that has their own, you know, her dad owns his own business and 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 she's a princess. So that that obviously the reference about the princess stuff comes from that, I guess. Um, but
1: Kelly, who hasn't had very much, I, I suppose would we'll see this as, you know getting something nice and being proud of it as well. So mm. and it's uh, do you know what me going, oh like there's some revelation behind all this sounds so disingenuous considering we just wrote this and we kind of chatted <laughs> about what we want these characters because so if anyone's listening has gone, Jesus, what an absolute arse that he's suddenly going, oh look, a revelation. No, well, but I that I think that comes with
0: the, because we we write this and and we don't overly debate it we want to understand the motivation behind the words we put in as well so i think this is almost like us discussing so it's almost like this podcast is now morphed into our second edit and a little bit of a discussion around Mm -hmm. how these these characters are interacting so i think it's definitely um right to talk about it because we're talking about the motivations of the characters why those things happened, rather than why the hell we wrote that?
1: <laughs> because... And I think that's probably an idea for a special going forward, where we actually you see the script in front of us, you see the blank pages, and we record a session of us writing, so people can can get a sense of that experience. Maybe we'll we'll do that at some point in the season where we'll we'll try and keep it dynamic enough, so you're not just listening to us draw on, but you'll see our process of how quick these lines suddenly start materializing. Okay, Mike. Well, um, I think. That's probably all we've got time for
0: tonight. Um, For our first episode, we've had a good few scenes. Um, We're really getting back into things again. So we can return next week for another episode. And as all we did last season, I think it's important that we leave you to give us our final phrase of the day and something to remember for the week ahead before we see everybody again for the next episode of Bad Scripts. Take it away, Mike.
1: I think the the most appropriate word to describe this episode would be from Kelly, as an insult to Donna, uneven.
0: See you next time. Goodbye. Bad Scripts was written and performed by Mike Garlier and Steve Jones. A Beachtide production.